the book of Judges once again, and, and uh, we've just been looking at the life of Samson. Uh, today there's so many, so many applications that were jumping out at me. Well, um, very small chance we'll be able to cover all of them, but just a few things that will be practical for us just to learn. You know, the reason why the Lord uh, gives us these, uh, these individuals to, to study is uh, one of the reasons is so we can just, uh, you know, learn things for our, for our lives. So we've been developing a bit of, a, of an outline um, in the life of Samson, uh, just seeing, you know, God's will for Samson and how his life was really ordained for a special purpose and uh, believing that God has a special purpose for our lives. And uh, if we'll acknowledge him, you know, then we can really enjoy that purpose throughout our lives. Uh, sometimes, like the way it played out with Samson is... You know, he was kind of check, almost like checking in and out of enjoying, you know, serving God. And a lot of times he was just serving himself. And that's the second point was the will of Samson, right? And the will of Samson uh, sometimes, of course, um, you know, really uh, it hindered the Lord having free course in his life. And, and so then we saw the, the wife of Samson and and I was able to share with the young people in particular just the importance of, of guarding their hearts in that regard. Um, you know, Samson, of course, he, he, he was a very fleshly um, young man, and that seemed to be a pattern then that carried uh, through his life. And he did not make good decisions as far as, you know, those, those, uh, those relationships. And, and it's just a, it's an example. It's probably one of the... Uh, you know, one of the most vivid examples in the Bible of kind of like the, the, the dating game that a lot of young people play nowadays, you know, um, just getting into that, those patterns of looking and seeing and having to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend before they're really ready to have that, that, those sort of commitments and everything. And so there's some, definitely some cautions uh, uh, to be had there and ultimately about be, being equally yoked as well. Someone who, who um, is, you know, someone who's, who is to be serving God has got to be careful about not uh, getting a, uh, you know, a, a serious relationship. Look, you'd be a friend to everybody, but you can only be a friend with those going in the same direction as you. And, you know, that becomes even more serious when, when we're talking about, uh, you know, a husband or a wife. Uh, and that's why the Bible talks about being equally yoked there. And uh, so we, we spent some time on that. We talked about the wrath of Samson and how it seems as though he became a very angry man. Um, I, I believe there was some bitterness there, the way things played out with, with his, his wife and the family. Um, it was a terrible, I mean, it's just crazy stuff uh, that, that happened uh, where he, he, uh, he, he ended up being angry because he lost the challenge there with the riddle. And he had to pay up, and so he went and killed, you know, in his anger, killed 30 people and got the garments that way and delivered the, the, the prize. But in the meantime, uh, remember that his father had, you know, had given away his wife to somebody else. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so uh, then, you know, then these guys, they end up, they end up coming back and, and, uh, and, and killing his father his father-in-law uh, and, and his wife. They come back, they, these guys, they end up coming back and just, and just murdering them. And so it's just really, it's an, there's a lot of ugliness in the story there. Um, but, you know, ra anger, anger and bitterness, that's what it does to, 
to relationships. That's what it does to families. We're seeing, you know, use that term dysfunctional families, you know. A lot of times it's because anger and bitterness has never really been dealt with. And so you have just a lot of those components and families, and they just tear families apart, you know. And, and it's just one thing after another. It's kind of like you see in, in the story here um, with, with, with Samson and the people around him. It just seemed like there was this one thing after another that, that, uh, that was going, you know, that was going wrong. And when Samson caught those uh, those 300 foxes and um, you know and put the put the torches in between them and sent them out and burned the crops, and uh, then the Philistines in verse uh, chapter 15 verse 6, the Philistines said, "Who hath done this?" And they answered, "Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion." And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. Terrible. I mean, you can see then. Just the, the consequences of, of Samson's anger, right? And uh, how that then, the, the results of that were terrible, right? And, 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 and it was just, it, 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 it's, like, it's like the Bible says, um, the bitterness will trouble us, and then what will it do? It will defile many, um, and, uh, you know, sometimes you see, and we're, we're in a rural area here, but it is amazing, you know, how many, how many uh, um, just sad domestic situations there ends up being where there's just angry people involved and, and uh, just the destructive patterns. And you say, well, what, what, what's the solution to that? Well, the Lord is. The Lord is. You know, if... if Samson had just kept some stability in his life with his eyes on the Lord and stayed spirit-led. He could have done, you know, so much more. We talked at the very beginning of the study about him being a man of just of great potential. And he's probably the story of, you know, probably the most, the greatest story in the Bible of wasted potential. He still did a lot. He still did a lot, but things could have been very different with, with, uh, with, with Samson. Look at, look at uh, verse 11. In verse 11 it says, um, then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock at Edom and said to Samson, Knoweth thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? It's kind of like they're saying, look, quit, quit getting them all riled up. You know, they're, they're, they're ruling over us. And, it's, and, and you doing these things is just going to cause problem, problems for all of us. Um, and uh, and he said, they said to him, What is it that thou, thou, thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, as they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Now that kind, of, that kind of approach to life, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. Like, if we perceive, you know, injustice, and then we say, well, because there's been this injustice, then I have to inflict some injustice on somebody else. You know, and that keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Um, you know, I've known people that their whole life has been characterized just by by battling, battling, you know, just one drama after another, just battling. And, and it just gets to the point, you know, in, in, in life, it's just like their, their whole life has been characterized by that, years upon years upon years. And it's very sad patterns. And if you get into that, 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 that approach, as they did unto me, so I've, I, I'm going to do to them, um, there's no end to that. And... Uh, 
And that's, that's where Samson was at this time. It, it, it seems pretty obvious. And so uh, let's continue on here because the, the, I want you to see something that the Lord very graciously does for, for Samson. It might not seem like a big thing, but I just think it shows that the heart of God uh, to us even when we're struggling and even when we're not making the greatest decisions. It says in verse 12, And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee. We, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> Um, you know, good luck with that if you know Samson, right? And especially when the Spirit was upon him. That we may deliver the end of the hand of the Philistines. We f- they figured, look, there's, there's a, whole, a whole bunch, there's a big mob of us. Let's get him. Let's subdue him. And let's, let's take him down. The Philistines can, ha- can have at him. And that maybe that'll, uh, uh, you know, make it so there's less problems for us. Um, and Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me or, yourselves. So he's got a little plan here. He said, okay, I'll tell you what, guys. I'll let you, you know, I'll let you apprehend me. And, uh, but just promise me that you guys won't, won't try to harm me. Um, and, uh, and, and they spake unto him and said, no, but we will bind thee fast. We'll, we'll just tie you up. That's all we'll do. And deliver thee um, into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. We promise you we, we, won't, we won't kill you. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto uh, Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. They thought they had him now, right? They were were offering him up on a a silver platter. And uh, so the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burned with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. So he just broke those things like they were nothing. And he found a new jawbone of an ass. He finds a big old you know, donkey bone there, and put forth his hand and took it. And this is you know, kind of a legendary part of the lore of, of Samson. Um, and he slew a thousand men therewith. What a, what a terrible sight that must have been. You know, just think of the, the violence involved um, in that. But he's just, you know. Um, and God, God is still using him in a, in a way. I mean, he was raised up to, you know, to stand for Israel against the Philistines. It's, it's just kind of, he's taken the roundabout road, it seems, uh, in, in some regards. Um, but God's spirit was giving him strength. Uh, and, and Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass... Heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. I have a feeling that might have rhymed in the, in the original language. Uh, it's, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's some pretty crazy poetry for sure. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass. Uh, and so it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hands and called the place uh, Ramath Lehi. In other words, that just means the heap. Um, the, the, uh, the, the hill of the jawbone, the hill of the jawbone, or the heap of the jawbone. And uh, probably just piled the bodies up there, right? Piled the bodies up, and he said, you know, this is the, this is the hill of the jawbone. Um, now look at this in verse 18. The wrath of Samson, and then we have the water from God. He was sore athirst and called upon the Lord. Now see, what, what a strange guy. I mean... You know, he's almost, what do they call it, uh, you know, like bipolar or something. Um, you know, he's, he's like, one day he's, he's angry and he's beating people up and he's doing 
crazy things, and he's 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 you know he's he's he's, uh, he's got his eyes in the wrong places, and uh, then then you know then you see him at times when he has the spirit of God upon upon him, and he's fighting for his people, uh, and here he's he's actually calling out to the Lord, a man that doesn't really seem to need anything. He's kind of brought to the uh, to 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 the realization of his need. He does need God after all. And said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? He's even, he's even recognizing that God had helped him here. He's even got, giving God credit for it. Uh, so it's like this, uh, this momentary lapse into humility. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess the lapse would be into pride, not to humility. But anyways... Um, and, and now shall I, I, shall I die of thirst? He says, look, God, you, you, you gave me this great victory. But now I feel like after all that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be here and I'm going to die of thirst. And, uh, and look at what, what God did. But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he was revived. Um. God's good. And you ever notice that sometimes, even when we're not really living the greatest we could spiritually, that many times God still blesses us? You ever notice that? Um, you know, one of the ways that God woos us is with his goodness. He doesn't have to do that. But if you think of it, that's really how the gospel came about, right? You had people that had every opportunity to have a great relationship with God. They made really dumb choices, totally against what God was asking them to do, and then God still infused goodness into that whole scenario. You know, that's how the gospel came about. Um, if... When people look at God as being, you know, like primarily vindictive, that is that is so the opposite of of everything of, of God's heart. When you think of it, if God was vindictive, there would no there would be no gospel. You know, there'd be no birth of, of G, baby Jesus, right? Um, there would be. Things would be totally different. I'll tell you, if God was vindicted, they would be in my life. And uh, it's not to say that, you know, that, uh, that God always is obligated to overlook our foolishness. And there can come a time in his sovereignty where he says, you know, that's enough, and we're not doing that anymore <laughs> like that. Um, and uh, that, that could be a scary place for a human being to be at that point, right? Uh, falling into the hands of a living God, right? It's a fearful thing. Uh, but here, you have a man who's fleshly. He's doing a lot of things wrong. Um, he's, uh, he has every opportunity to be a great man for God, but he's blowing it left and right. But, uh, you know, God still meets him. Just, just him and the Lord, and just gives him, still gives him some goodness and some, some refreshment. Um, 
And uh, that, that, that really, that softens my heart, you know, towards the Lord. It, it even softens my heart towards Samson a bit, uh, to tell you the truth. Even amidst all of his struggles, he does seem to have those times, you know, where, where uh, he yearns for God. Um, Romans 2.4 says this, Despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness, or another way of saying that the kindness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Listen to that verse again. Despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering. I think that's, that's, a, that's an important verse when it comes to us dealing with the goodness and responding to the goodness of God in our life. Don't despise that. You know, don't take that for granted. Don't, don't walk past that too many times without it having its intended effect. Because if you look at the verse there, you know, and you can, you can uh, maybe turn to that market if you want, but it says, Despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness or the kindness of God leadeth thee to repentance. In other words, you know, God's goodness and blessing, he, he's seeking to draw us to himself and to turn from that which is contrary to him. Right? Because when we see the goodness of God, we say, you know, that's what I want. That's the one that I, that I, want, I want to walk with. You know, all these things that keep me from him, they're, they're foolishness. They're, they're counterproductive. I'm my own worst enemy when I choose those things instead of the goodness of God, right? And so think about, think about the struggles that you have in your life. And, you know, we're having this, this nice moment with Samson and God. The very next chapter, then Samson, then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot. You know, he's uh, he's just back into those patterns. But think think about the struggles you have in your life. Maybe you're besetting sins. Maybe the things that you you know you tend to turn turn to when you're not when you're not focused on the Lord. When you're not getting your your fulfillment and gratification in Him and Him alone. And think about how even when you have been, you know, turn your eyes towards those things, God has, has in many ways continued to, to work with you and to, and to be good to you, and to give blessings to you, and maybe the people around you, maybe the people around you, maybe the people you love, maybe he's given blessings to them, you know. Um, look, those, those times... I think, it's, I think it's good for us to remember Samson in those times. Don't walk by the goodness of God without thinking, I want to I draw closer to him right now. And I, in drawing closer to him, I want to turn my back on those things that, that draw me away from him. I just want to leave them, I want to leave them behind. I don't want I don't want to be in this pattern anymore. Because you see what we're going to see 
next with Samson, it just gets more and more sad because he kept walking by those things. He kept walking by those opportunities. And the more he, the more he neglected to respond to God in those opportunities, the more of a mess his life became until he was, he was reduced to being a, just a pitiful slave to sin and to God's enemies. Um, before he was finally, before he was finally broken. Before he was finally broken. It didn't have to take that long. You know, there's the, there's the life of finding reward in God, in our relationship with him. And then there's the life of regret for however much water is under the bridge, for however much time we waste, you know, before we get to that place of really finding our true reward in him. And it's the same for all of us, isn't it? It's the same for all of us. No, no, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you know, there's still things that, uh, that the enemy wants to use to defeat you, to just distract you from God's goodness. He wants to give you that refreshment. Maybe he's giving you a little bit of that today, you know. Just come and get some water. Um, the well of him that cried out, he named it. You know, uh, Samson, he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. He, he, you can see how intelligent he is. He liked giving places names, you know. He wasn't just a big meathead. I mean, he, he stopped and he pondered the moment and said, yeah, this is, a, this is the well. God gave me this water. This is the well of, 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 uh, for him that cried out. And uh, he did. You know, he, he, was, he was soft-hearted at that time. But his weakness, you know, he turned to that again. And uh, um, there's lessons for us there. All right. Lord, uh, thank you for, for the, uh, the word of God. And uh, thank you.